0: Welcome aboard, Royal Oaks. Royal, hey, how are you? good
1: ya? morning, Doug. How are you?
0: <laughs> Excellent. Thanks for being with us. So, Royal, first of all, congratulations on your uh, recognition by the City of yeah. Los Angeles, City Council. That was really terrific and oh, well-deserved. thank you
1: so much. Well, it's been fantastic working with you guys. You know, it's such a... KBC is a legacy station, and you do a fantastic job. And it's a, it's an honor to be a part of your, uh, your uh, shows every once in a while.
0: Well, once in a while, it's like Doctor Bombay. We just mentioned your name, and you show up with your toothbrush and your bathrobe. You're still you're available twenty four seven. Legal stuff going on. There certainly is, including in the city of Los Angeles. So now that we've uh, you've gotten uh, a proclamation from the city of LA declaring it Royal Oaks Day, we'll talk about this, and they'll come and take it back from you. <laughs> but. Uh, The city is suing the Trump administration because the Trump administration is uh, withholding, threatening to withhold uh, block grants for law enforcement because of the city of L.A.'s sanctuary policies as represented by Special Order 40 and particularly uh, the lack of cooperation uh, when it comes to the city jails.
1: Yeah, and you know, Los Angeles isn't alone out here in California. San Francisco's filing the same kind of suit. And in fact this suit that LA's filing, it's actually pending up in the San Francisco Bay Area. And uh, Mike Fuhr and the other folks who run L.A. want to, to join up with the San Francisco uh, lawsuit against the federal government. Bottom line is L.A. could get, lose about $2 bucks in federal grants every year for crime fighting. And the reason is that Jeffrey Sessions and the Trump administration are saying, look, you guys are just uh, all wrong when it comes to sanctuary cities. You've got to comply with our rules. And here's the rule. The deal is that if you've got somebody in your possession in custody and that person is illegal, Well, we want to know about it. We want you to hold them at least 48 hours before you release them so we can, you know, run their name through our computer and figure out if they've got a bunch of arrest warrants and convictions. And the city of L.A. says, oh, no, we can't do that. We can't hold people 48 hours. Well, that could deprive them of constitutional rights. And the federal government is at loggerheads with them. And so I think you know, some people say that it's a game being played by the city, that it isn't that they can't really help the federal government uh, because they would hold somebody too long. What it boils down to is that the city disagrees with the idea that the feds have a right to come in and say, look, if somebody is here illegally, they should be deported. We want to look at their criminal record. And the city of L.A. says, no, We want to be a sanctuary city. So uh, it's going to have to be sorted out in the courts. And, uh, of course, uh, the Ninth Circuit has been kind of sympathetic to people critical uh, of of the federal government on this. So we're going to have to wait months to figure out who wins this dispute.
0: Uh, The argument that uh, Mike Fuhrer, the city attorney, and we've invited him to come on and talk about this, he's declined. Uh, But the argument that they make is that it's unconstitutional that the uh, administration doesn't have the uh, authority to deprive the city of Los Angeles or the other sanctuary cities of these block grants. But And I'm very confused about that because, again, under the Supremacy Clause of the Constitution, federal law trumps, no pun intended, uh, state law, state law uh, trumps, uh, municipal law, and and uh, that's certainly been the fundamental ethos that America has been guided by since Appomattox Courthouse in 1865. Since we ended up the nasty uh, notion of nullification—that if a state doesn't like a federal law, they simply can uh, can ignore it. Uh, although we seem to be doing that on, on on a number of occasions, not just immigration, but also on obviously uh, marijuana. Uh, which we're still these the states that have legalized, including California, recreational marijuana or even medical marijuana, are in conflict with federal law. But uh, but I don't understand how this could possibly be a constitutional question. That yeah, I think uh,
1: you're right? Yeah, yeah, Doug, you're you're expressing the view that a lot of people have. A whole national law system is based on the idea. That federal law has to be followed by everybody in the states and the cities. So, if a state or a city passes a law that contradicts a federal law, then the state and the city lose in court. Judges let the federal government enforce their law. All the time. So the Sanctuary City fans come along and they say, well, we don't believe in the primacy of federal law. And the city of LA is trying to make it into a crime fighting issue. They're saying if the feds make good on their threat to deny our grant money, then crime's going to go up, which is ironic, of course, because the whole idea behind the federal initiative here is to cut crime first by enforcing the immigration laws that say people who are here illegally should be deported, and also by making sure that illegal aliens who have a criminal record are uh, you are located in the system that the appropriate action is taken and you know statistically whether you're illegal or legal if you have a criminal record you're more likely to offend and if you're here illegally then maybe we ought to deport so yeah i I don't know that there's a logic to it i think for example our police chief thinks is a practical matter It makes it hard to really connect with the community unless we're seen as sort of a sanctuary city deal. Um, so you got all these arguments swirling around. And ultimately, as I say, it's going to be up to the judges to decide.
0: Uh, we're talking about Royal Oaks, of course, royaloaks.com. Uh, we got another story. Uh, it made a lot of headlines that this Dream Act, Dreamer kid, this Dreamer kid, was deported from the United States. His name is Juan Manuel Montez. Uh, and he's now suing to get back into the United States. But there's controversy over whether or not he was actually deported or not. The administration said, look, we didn't deport him. He left the country, and when you leave the country, you lose your DREAM Act status. Uh, And this one is going to court, and you can't make this up. This was assigned to the U.S. District Court, uh, uh, the Southern District of California. And who's the judge? The judge is Gonzalvo Curial, the same judge that President Trump called the Mexican judge.
1: You can't <laughs> it's make kind of it a coincidence, up. isn't it? Yeah, even though he was born in Indiana. Oh, uh,
0: yes, he's obviously not a Mexican. He's Mexican American, but he's an American citizen, native-born American citizen.
1: Now, it is a messy situation. And just to kind of recap the background, of course, the DREAMER deal was President Obama's plan of a few years ago where if you entered the U.S. as a kid but you were illegal, well, you get a renewable two year period of deferred action so you can't be deported and you can get work permits and so on. About 2 million kids eligible. So. Supreme Court though recently said you know what we're going to agree with the lower courts we're going to stop this we're going to freeze it uh but this this gentleman does fall under the plan so as you say he says, gosh, I'm suing in federal court in San Diego to get back into the United States because you illegally removed me. And the feds are saying, we didn't remove you at all. You, you, you tried to go back and forth across the border, and you can't do that if you're a dreamer. That's, that's not part of the deal. So what this judge has done that Trump was so hard on, he has actually put this on a fast track. He wants a speedy trial, and some people are saying, well, that may indicate that uh, perhaps he's, he's sympathetic to, to this young man's position, but whatever the attitude is, it's going to come to a head very soon. Border authorities say he lied about being sent back to Mexico. They say he entered Mexico on his own. They've got no record of the federal government encounter with him back in February. They don't deny he's got a valid dreamer status, but the rules say you can't go back and forth.
0: Uh, you know, the courts the courts are going to be uh, – we, we need to get like a deli counter. Now take a number – For the number of lawsuits that are being filed uh against the trump administration but i I, it is just astonishing to watch the uh the legal uh uh contortionists who were when the federal government sued arizona over sb 1070 when arizona wanted to enforce immigration laws And uh, the federal government came down like a ton of bricks on them and and largely lost, I'd like to point out, when it got to the courts. Uh, But uh, now that California doesn't like the administration because they are enforcing our immigration laws, they're back in court trying to say that they have no right to do so. It's a total
1: flip-flop. It it, it, it makes your head spin. But, you know, when the Trump administration started in January, the Democrats learned very quickly that this is a very effective tool – that travel ban business with all the lawsuits back and forth. And they've wound up being very effective to, to slap the Trump administration down. And of course, the, from the Democrat standpoint, it's a wonderful tool because they don't have the White House or either half of Congress or really the judiciary in a sense. you got a 5-4 majority in the Supreme Court, but they've got the lower courts to go through and, and get justice that way. Of course, they didn't invent the tactic. I mean, plenty of Republicans went after Obama, you remember, down in Texas and Louisiana, big time lawsuits against, Obama trying to do by federal regulation what the the people and the courts ended up saying, you know, you can't do that. It's a legislative deal. So the courts are always there to uh, help stop what uh, the judges think are inappropriate action by the executive branch. Well, you know,
0: there's an old cliche that says that patriotism is the last resort of scoundrels, but really it's the court system. uh, Because if you go back in American history, uh, when uh, John Adams lost the presidency to Thomas Jefferson, and the Federalist Party was at the end of the line, Uh, he packed the court, the first court packing, where the so-called, the phrase that we, we know in history as midnight judges comes from the very last days of the John Adams administration when there were a bunch of vacancies on the court, including the Supreme Court, and he took his Secretary of State, John Marshall, and made him the Chief Justice of the United States Supreme Court. And John Marshall was a dependable and brilliant Federalist, and the Jeffersonians went crazy because they understood that what Adams was doing was putting as many Federalists on the bench as humanly possible uh, because there's that third independent, uh, separate but co-equal branch of government, the judiciary. And John Marshall's the one who made the Supreme Court supreme. Now it's
1: hugely important, and maybe that's where FDR got his idea in the 30s to to pack the court. And now, as people look at the Trump administration, a lot of Republicans are saying, you know what? Uh, with this feud between McConnell and and Trump, and and Trump being uh, you know, completely uh, non conversant with the legislative process, we may not get repeal and replace. We may not get infrastructure. We may not get tax reform. We may get nothing over the next four years, except. We're going to get some youngish Supreme Court justices that are going to remold American life for decades. And, you know, Trump's already off to a good start with Justice Gorsuch. And just for you look at the actuarial tables, you know, some are liberal, some are conservative, but he's probably going to have an opportunity to really have a dramatic effect on the, the judicial branch. And as you say, it, it, it can be just pivotal in American history. So you could have an impact for decades.
0: Well, everybody looks to Ruth Bader Ginsburg because she's had health issues and because of her age, but uh, we also have to look at Justice Kennedy because he's likely to retire. Right. And he, of course, has been the critical swing vote in so many cases. And uh, not
1: only swing vote, but in in recent years, he's he's sort of pulled a suitor and moved to the left, so that for on abortion and affirmative action, right. yep. he's actually voting with the liberal bloc. So for him to be replaced by a rock solid conservative by Trump it could have an enormous impact. It
0: could have almost as big an impact as if Ruth Bader Ginsburg retired or yep. any of the exactly. others. So uh, so that obviously is something to watch. Uh, Enormously important. RoyalOaks.com. RoyalOaks.com. Royal, as always, thanks so much. Appreciate it.
1: You bet.